Introducing Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. This podcast is for parents who long to be meaningfully connected to themselves and their children, even as the demands of modern life are accelerated. Enjoy a collection of supportive conversations, meditations, and nuggets of practical wisdom to help you embrace the parenting journey as your greatest potential for personal growth. Hey, this is Michelle Gale. Welcome to the podcast. This week, I'll be interviewing James Beres as well as Michelle Liliana, who wrote a wonderful book called Awakening Joy for Kids. And I'm really excited to speak with them and get some practical tips and learn about what they've been working on and how they'd like to share it with parents and educators. So I'm going to start by letting James and Michelle introduce themselves. Michelle, would you like to go first? Sure. My name is Michelle Liliana, and I am a teacher in the Canadian school system. And I have been teaching in the Canadian school system, the public system, for the past 25 years. And my focus has mostly been around social-emotional social learning and art, really. And I met James, I'm thinking it probably be about eight years ago for the very first time when he was up here in Canada at the University of British Columbia. And he was doing an Awakening Joy course with his lovely wife, Jane. And that's when I met James. Wonderful. Thank you. And James, I'd love for you, when you introduce yourself, just to give a little backstory on um, on Awakening Joy, the first book as well. Mm. I'd love mm-hmm. for them to hear about that. Sure. Um, I'm James Barris, and uh, I, for quite some time, uh, 30 plus years, 35 years, been teaching mindfulness uh, meditation and practices. Uh, I'm one of the founding teachers of a a center here in the Bay Area called Spirit Rock Meditation Center. Um, I was a school teacher in New York City for um, about 10 years and two years out here in California in the late 60s, early 70s. Um, And I, um, besides mindfulness, I was interested in how the principles behind mindfulness can be applied to well-being in one's daily life, whether or not you're a, you're somebody who meditates. And uh, I wrote a book called Awakening Joy that um, that has been uh, well received and uh, lead a, an online course uh, since 2003 using these principles of awakening joy, um, which are um, tried and true over uh, over. Uh, centuries uh, but packaged in a way that that people can uh, can practice them uh, in contemporary life and uh, Michelle approached me and said hey I love this uh, these these principles and practices and I want to uh, apply them to the classroom and I said uh, oh it sounds really great and then she said hey this stuff is really working um, and uh, uh, here's some lesson plans. And I said, oh, how wonderful. And then she said, we should write a book. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, really? And uh, she said, yeah. And then I spoke to my publisher who said, yes, you guys should write a book. So out of 
her inspiration and all of her beautiful um, creativity, um, we put a book together for educators and parents about bringing those principles uh, first to the parents and, and adults so that they could develop well-being within themselves and then how to apply this and, and bring it to um, to the kids either in the home or at school. And uh, yeah, I think it turned out okay. And uh, I love what Michelle did to, to make it such a beautiful offering. Yeah, and it is beautiful. Uh, and I um, I really love how parents can use it and educators can use it. You guys really pulled that off. It's, mm. <laughs> it's, it's wonderfully written. I don't think that was, I'm guessing that wasn't easy. <laughs> I'm wondering, um, you don't have to read this book all in order, right? I mean, I found myself kind of moving around in it. And I've also found myself since I've had it, I'm opening up to certain chapters. Was that the intention as you wrote it? Yeah, um, we did write it that way. We wanted it to be very accessible for teachers in particular, in that, you know, the days have so much involved. There's so many schedules to meet. I just wanted something really easy teachers could pick up, they could use right away. And they could, if they were having an issue in the classroom, they might turn to that chapter. And there's also a whole list of books that support teachers and parents in the back that are resource books. Mm -hmm. So it's like a beautiful, I think, a beautiful nugget that someone can take and say, okay, this is what I want to work on, or just open, open to a part of the book that you really enjoy. I've noticed that um, we've had a lot of feedback that actually that a lot of adults are just keeping it by their bed and reading it at night, you know, for themselves, which um, I'm really, really pleased with that it's really touched the adult population as well as the children in the classroom and at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to also to respond to, to that question, uh, there, there are 10 different themes and uh, principles that, um, that the book goes through and as, as does the course. And it can be, there is a, a logical sequence if one wanted to, to do it as a, as a developmental um, program, but any of those themes uh, might be more appropriate than, uh, than another. So you don't have to do it sequentially. You just say, oh, there's this chapter on, uh, on how to open to the difficult times and, and still find that place of well-being. That's what I need right now, or this is what my family needs. Let's look at those exercises. Or it might be, um, oh, the learning to love ourselves theme is is the one just uh, that's that's most relevant right now. So you can take a look at the ten themes and and just see uh, which is the one that's most up for you and your family or you and your classroom. And I was going to say also. Um, the very last chapter is how uh, I use it in the classroom. So it helps a teacher look at how to integrate uh, mindfulness or gratitude throughout their entire day and build a container for learning. Because just walking in, if I just walk into my classroom and just begin um, right in with whatever I'm doing, I often find that the day doesn't go as well. But if I start off gathering everybody in, to a mindfulness practice or a gratitude practice and bringing everybody uh, to a still point, I would use that word, where we're very quiet and then we start our day, the kids always reflect that they had 
a much better day and felt part of the room. Mm. Tell me what you mean more about when you say they felt part of the room. Well, I was just thinking about this, uh, you know, having voices heard within the room. Um, a lot of times when kids are rushed, they bring in everything from home or what happened on the bus. But if we can actually sit down and share, I usually have them share um, something that might be challenging for them already in that day so that they can just bring it out uh, for everybody to hear and something that's going really well for them so far that day. It's like all the voices are heard. I allow time and space for kids to, to share, especially um, the introverts. I find a lot of times we don't hear from them. So one little practice that I do is I call it body weather. We all stand in a circle and we go around and we use uh, one or two words just to describe what our body feels like in, in that moment. So, you know, I could look at somebody and have no idea and a child might say, you know, I have storms, storm clouds with impending rain. Mm -hmm. And they may just look like, to me, like they maybe always look. And it gives me a clue as to how the child is. And the whole classroom gets a clue as to how everybody is in the room. And then we will talk about how that might change throughout the day because those feelings and those emotions move through us so quickly. So it just brings, uh, I would use the word consciousness of everybody's needs and who's in the room to the table. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. I'm, I'm As you're speaking, I'm imagining doing that with my two sons at home in the morning, like checking in on where they are and when they get home from school and before they go to bed. Um, you know, that's something I do periodically, but not on a consistent basis. So I could really imagine uh, parents doing that as well, just at home. Yeah. And to be able to move the whole room, like some days when I was teaching grade six on Monday mornings, that was my day. And I had so many kids say fog with just low hanging pressure zone. <laughs> and I said, all right, now I know where we're at. How, how many of you want to, do you want to shift that right now? So then we would do some things to do some deep breathing or whatever, and just see, well, did our body change? Were we able to change the weather if we wanted to. Mm. So it gave me a lot of uh, clues as to where everybody is at. Yeah, and that's so empowering right, for children to, to get this sense that they can have some agency over, over how they're feeling in any mm. given moment. One, one of the, the, the principles of, of this whole approach is um, just to start right where you are, be authentically where you happen to be, you, you don't, although it's called awakening joy, it's not that you're trying to um, press a button and have a smiley smile on your face all the time, that uh, first you need to be connected with just where you are and be able to hold whatever the weather system is that's, that's moving through you and not be overwhelmed by it, and then see that there's um, you do have a choice, uh, at least how to hold it, and that the more you can either hold the difficult with a tender heart or with a, a, a compassionate uh, awareness, uh, the more you create space for the, uh, the goodness and the love and the um, uh, spirit of presence and gratitude to shine through. 
So you're not trying to manufacture anything. You're just learning how to be with wherever you are. And one of the beauties is that uh, as you do that, there's a, a love of life and joy and connection that, that naturally arises. That's really beautiful. And it also reminds me of how important it is um, in this world of mindfulness that we're all involved, uh, how important it is to remind people that being mindful isn't only about being happy and joyous and calm, right? That that's not the, although that might be a nice outcome, it's not the ultimate goal in any one moment. And I think you've described that so beautifully. Yeah, and I I love how James shares that part. It's so important for us to attend to the difficult feelings that um, children are experiencing. Yesterday, we were just talking because one of the teachers had lost her dog, and we just sat with that, how painful that is, you know? just That's just it, and how do you be with it? And um, children were sharing different ideas they had of just, you know, it hurts. It just hurts. You know, and then a few kids shared, um, well, you know, sometimes I can put it to a little spot in my head for part of the day. But when they can hear from the entire 25 children that there's pain and that it hurts and that somebody can cry and that's okay and be with it, I just think that's incredible rather than ignoring or pushing it aside. One of the the main principles or... um, uh, ideas that I like to convey is that um, people who somehow have discovered the some secrets of, of genuine happiness uh, are not happy all the time. Happy people are not happy all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they feel their losses. They feel their grieving. Uh, that's part of life. They feel their sadness or loneliness, but they don't get overwhelmed by it. And they learn how to hold it, hold that part of being human. And they don't miss all the beauty and the goodness inside and and around. So it's more a matter of um, seeing that every moment counts. And the more we're we're learning ways to hold the difficult with grace and and wisdom and celebrate the, the goodness and the beauty, then uh, we, we naturally are uh, uplifted by life. That's beautiful. Thank you. I am, um, you know, on that, on that train of thought, I really enjoyed a part of the book. It was around page 103 and 104 around um, negative thoughts and, and weeding our thoughts. And I'd like to read just a little piece Um, and then have you guys speak to it. So on page 103, um, the home and school practice says, children like adults often arrive with a head full of negative thoughts. I remember being told, don't be too big for your britches, meaning in my family not to think too positively about myself. Now brain science shows that neurons that fire together wire together, and this means that our thoughts create pathways in the brain. I want those positive connections wiring up for my students. And um, I'm skipping a little section, but on the next page on 104, it says weed thoughts. It's important to tend to our garden of thoughts to demonstrate the concept of negative bias, negativity bias. I write on the blackboard the many negative, dark, or weed thoughts that I have had that morning. I'm as truthful as possible, and the children sit riveted, hearing that their teacher has negative self-talk too. 
I list things like, my dress doesn't fit like it used to. When will I ever get up early enough to have a calm exit in the morning? I can't seem to remember anything these days. What is wrong with me? So I love this, and I think it goes along just with what James was alluding to. You know, first we have to be able to be with ourselves just as we are, and then we can, we can notice these thoughts that are coming up within us. Um, I'd love to hear you guys mm. speak to that. Well, one thing that I, I, I'll say before Michelle goes uh, is that the more that parents uh, and teachers can uh, model their um, their humanness and their uh, their vulnerability while while still uh, having a a sense of centeredness and uh, and okayness with that. Uh, the more inspiring it is for for kids to see that uh, they can just be themselves. So uh, it's it's something that we all are moved by when we see somebody who is uh, not trying to project or impress or control uh, in a in a heavy-handed way, but just um, letting themselves be who they are um, with integrity, with centeredness with capacity to 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 be with the uh, the difficult as well as the uh, the the good uh the more we um we show that that's that's the way to to let our to be fully human and uh and let others see who we are so i think it's beautiful that uh, michelle so uh so well articulates uh that point of of just being okay with being who you are Mm -hmm. I was thinking, thank you, James, uh, because I bring you into the classroom, as you know, every every day, because we, we chat a lot, too, and the principles of what we do um, come so much from awakening joy and my conversations with James and just um, these years of sharing and how much joy you get from, you know, what you shared going through into my classroom and Yesterday, I had uh, the children had made sock monkeys two weeks ago, and I asked them to bring their little monkeys in because they had lived at home for two weeks. And we talked about, you know, that sometimes your eyes fall off, <laughs> your stitches get loose, a little stuffing comes out of you, your arm might fall off, and you are so precious. And I filmed them holding their little monkeys saying, it's okay, darling, you know, it's, you can get through this. We'll, we'll get that bit stitched on, or maybe we won't, but you are precious to me. And the piece I'm taking that to next is their own self-talk, you know, because that is so, it's so overwhelming, the stories that come out before we can even stop and take a breath. And for some kids, it's, it comes much faster than for others. So, you know, this is just one, this is one of my first steps is talking to this little monkey. And then they're going to start to translate that into um, talking to themselves, my precious one. Yes, this is difficult. This is a hard moment. And I'm with you. I'm going to stay with you. And a lot of times in my yoga practice with the kids, I'll have them hug themselves and say, I'm going to be with you always. It's me that's here with yeah. you. And I'm going to hug you tight because I'm going to be with you from this moment till the last moment. And how would you treat 
that one that is that is you. And I've had kids, you know, honestly, um, in tears and came up and say, I didn't know. I, I, I really liked myself in that in that moment and just keep building and building these moments. It's so important to me. Mm. That's lovely. Yeah, yeah, that is beautiful. It reminds me, by the way, when I was when I was uh, when my son, Adam, who just turned 30, was was young. Uh, one of our theme songs, uh, I used to watch Sesame Street with him, Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers was my favorite, my, my model of, of wisdom. But on Sesame Street, they have this song uh, that uh, I would sing quite regularly whenever I'd make a mistake. Um, everyone makes mistakes. Oh, yes, they do. Your sister and your brother and your dad and mother, too. And it was like, uh, that was, that was often my theme song, like, whoop, okay, I just made another mistake, you know, and when he'd make a mistake, we'd sing it together and, uh, that it's okay to make mistakes, uh, as, as long as you keep learning from them, they're not mistakes. So, um, it, 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 it sets a whole different framework than, than trying to be perfect, but just, uh, just being as conscious as you can. And in every in every chapter, what um, James wrote a practice in the beginning for uh, for adults to nourish the adult, and um, then there's there's actually concrete activities for teachers and parents that are really easy and fun, don't require a lot of preparation, and can be woven you know into their day. Because I found a lot of programs that I've tried, um, I. I don't want another program on top of what I'm already doing in the classroom. I want something that I can just easily pick and choose and weave that becomes part of uh, me and the lens that I look through with the children to share those lenses. And those lenses are the 10 themes, which are, you know, gratitude, how to get through difficult times, loving ourselves, loving others. These are the critical pieces we want our, our children to um, develop they you know they're already in them and we we want to shine the light on those pieces and give them real tools to develop those areas mm-hmm. and and you do such a beautiful job Michelle of um, showing in the book how what particular lesson uh, weaves into a, a curriculum uh, topic so that it's it's not separate from uh, from what the kids are learning and just uh, yeah how it's how it can be applied and and uh, the relevance to, to other subjects in the curriculum. Mm. Mm. That's wonderful. And I'm curious, you know, um, in my experience teaching mindfulness in in schools, um, often teachers will say if, if you know if if they want to try it on their own, they'll be nervous because maybe they don't have a mindfulness practice or they're just starting one or they're interested in one. I mean, what would be uh, your message to those teachers who are interested in doing something like this, but don't they don't feel like they're qualified? Well, it 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 definitely makes a difference. As with anything, the uh, the more you're coming from your own um, embodied experience, the more you're able to uh, to transmit it to others. But you don't have to be a a, a mindfulness uh, expert or or um, uh, mindfulness uh, educator. Uh, mindfulness is just being aware. So 
I don't know if there's any place that that's not applicable. Why not learn these very simple, accessible uh, exercises that bring more well-being to yourself? And then you are um, you're sharing from a very honest and real, uh, genuine experience. Oh, this really feels good. Uh, Joan and uh, you can this. I've been having so much uh, um, uh, positive benefit from it. Let's do it together. Um, so I'd say it's as much as anything. It's a a motivation to really take care and nurture yourself. And if you don't have time to take care and nurture yourself, then um, maybe you're too busy uh, because the <laughs> because the if you're not nurtured, if you're not coming from a place of fullness, then there you're not giving your child or your students um, the best of you. So um, everybody wins as you do these very simple, powerful, profound uh, practices. Mm. Thank you. And I would also suggest to pick something, you know, uh, while you're getting started, pick something that is um, something you love to do, which might be simply to stand in a circle with your students and share something you're grateful for, you know, to be vulnerable, to share what you're grateful for, the next person does and the next person does, and that starts to build uh, the container. You don't, you don't have to wait until you've read the whole book or whatever you're doing. Choose something that works and feels good for you to, to do while you're building your own um, capacities. That's helpful. I think that'll be helpful for people to hear. Um, you know, I'm curious what the two of you um, might share around, um, you know, why right now is it so important, right, to be, to be bringing joy and focusing on building this capacity? Um, you know, what, what do you think is going on for children at home and at schools um, that you really feel this is this is speaking to. Shall I? You you uh, go I'll, first, James. I'll, I'll go first, and then you can. Uh, you know, there's life has pain. Life has uh, difficulties. Life has stress, particularly in in our world of sound bites, uh, more than more than ever, people feel pressured and um, a, a, a roaring hose of information that they're supposed to be taking in. And uh, it it dysregulates the system. Uh, but there's a natural joy inside of us that we we came into this world with. You see a baby, and uh, if that baby is fed and diapered and uh, gets a little bit of love, they they squeal with delight, mm. and that's that's who we are. That's our basic uh, our basic nature, even as an adult as well. If if an adult is uh, doesn't have physical stress or emotional stress, there's a sense of ease and connection with life that's that's available. So this is just learning to, to get in touch with what's naturally inside of us, but that gets covered in our busyness of our lives. You know, when, mostly when people 
say how they are, how are you doing? And so much of the, the time the answer is, oh, I'm really busy or I'm really stressed or I've got so much on my plate. And, and, and we think that that's the norm. Uh, but if you're spending your whole life trying to get to the end of your to-do list, you never get to the end of your to-do list. You're going to come to the end of your life and said, well, say, well, I checked off a lot on my to-do list, but I unfortunately missed out on my life. Uh, that's, that's too sad. So this is learning to feel connected to this miracle of being alive and the life that's all around us. And then we want to do what we do coming out of a place of abundance and creativity and uh, natural natural connection with life. And uh, it makes life so much more worth living. Beautiful. Thank you. Mm. Wow. This is totally unrehearsed. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And I think what I'd add to James, or to James, what he's shared is children will say to me, please, can we go outside and just slow down? Can we just take more time being outside? Because I, you know, over my 25 years in the classroom, the amount of sound bites are coming so fast. And some children go home, they're on their iPads, then they're on their TVs. And they actually haven't physically touched the ground or checked in inside of their own body in a day. So to even give them that chance and to share that it's so valuable to, um, to observe nature and to get in touch with themselves, um, that to me is absolutely vital in, in our education system. And I make a really big point of slowing down. And on some days, um, you know, I, I have the children, well, most days I have the children put up what would serve them in a day, what are their needs, and then we co-create the curriculum with what I also have to um, do within that day. And they will share, I need some quiet time today, you know, and then some kids will say, I don't, I need to be jumping around today. So, you know, they, they go and they find their way to meet, meet their needs. Um, and they may be going in separate directions, but there's a whole container that holds those needs. Yeah. One of the things that, um, uh, that like to, just communicate is um, just that sense of wonder that's so natural for for a child uh, that adults can be reminded of. And it's simply being present for your life instead of a little bit ahead or a lot ahead or thinking about the past or lost in, in fantasy that when you're really here for your life, just like a, a child's uh, sense of of slowing down and, and looking deeply. Oh, wow, look at the veins in this leaf. Oh, mm -hmm. look at how uh, when I turn, I'm remembering when, when Adam was, was young and uh, we had this, uh, this, uh, this uh, game we used to play of seeing the magic all around us. And I'd turn on a, a light switch and the light would come on and it'd say, how does that happen? Not that I had the answer, of course, <laughs> or 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 putting in a pressing a button on a on a cassette deck in those days wow 
what's going on there? How does music just come out of that? And when you slow down a little bit, there's magic all around. Um, but it takes slowing down just enough to see that. Otherwise, it's it's below the radar. So it's it's just really being here for what's here all along and, and not missing it. And then the other principle is a, a basic principle of this whole awakening joy mm, approach is that when you're feeling a moment of well-being, whether it's being there with a friend or uh, feeling the sun on your face or just laughing, whatever, don't miss it. We're so used to just going on to the next thing. But if you take a few moments to really savor that feeling of well-being, uh, physiologically, neuro, neurologically, you are deepening your capacity for well-being and joy. So that's that's one of the basic ideas that there are these different ways to create well-being and then to apply mindfulness to them so that you're really present and, and letting them register in your awareness. Beautiful. Thank you. And before we... Um... Before we say goodbye, I want to make sure that I give the two of you time to share with our listeners how they can get keep in touch with you, what types of resources that are coming to support this book. Um, but before we say that, I just wanted to um, share how I loved at the end of the book, in the conclusion section, you said, there isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> There isn't a conclusion um, that this really is a life practice, right? And something that um, we continue to reconnect with again and again. Yeah. Well, that's what mm. makes it so much fun. You know, it's not like you learn it and you've got the course and somebody says, oh, well, I've got that covered. It's just ongoing. It's just, you know, you just keep going and learning. And like James said, looking at the world with wonder every moment coming even you know today as I look out there's a little bit of rain just fluttering down and I can see sparkles on the on the uh, leaves it's a new moment to to look deeply into it doesn't end and and also uh, just to know that uh, not only there's no no conclusion as far as opening to wonder for for yourself but the more you are able to access that well-being, uh, that feeling of appreciating life, the more you become an agent of that and a reminder for everybody around you. So this is not just a, a self-indulgent practice of, oh, I'm going to feel good and, uh, you know, uh, hope hope everybody else can uh, can just leave me alone. It's that your own goodness and well-being and joy is contagious. So it becomes a gift to everybody around, whether it's in your classroom or your family or your friends or people who you meet uh, in in your in your daily encounters. Everybody benefits from your own development of well-being and joy. That's beautiful. So mm -hmm. the, the, I'm going to have you guys share, but I want to remind everyone that the book is called Awakening Joy for Kids, a hands-on guide for grown-ups to nourish themselves and raise mindful, happy children. 
and I'm sure you can buy it on Amazon as well as perhaps the website. Why don't you guys share um, any kind of resources surrounding the book and what people can uh, look forward to and how they can find you. Go ahead, Michelle. Okay. Well, uh, one of the resources is Awakening Joy, uh, the book that James and Shoshana Alexander wrote together. Um, we, James and I are also developing an online course and a series of webinars for teachers and parents and really for anyone who would love to uh, develop this practice in their lives. We have a workbook coming out shortly that will pair with Awakening Joy for Kids so that teachers can copy uh, parts of it and parents can and use the uh, ideas in their classrooms. Our website is awakeningjoyforkids.com and there will be more information there for you. And we have a Facebook site, which is Awakening Joy for Kids. Wonderful. James is available. You're available at awakeningjoy.info. Mm -hmm. And I have a series of lessons and practices at happinessandjoylessons.com. So we are everywhere. <laughs> that is wonderful. And I'll make and sure to put all of those resources on my, um, on my website so people can, can go back there and, and, and get all of that information. I'll make sure it's there. Mm, thank you, Michelle. Thank oh, you. You're welcome. Well, it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. This is such a beautiful gift to the world for parents and for educators and for children. And I just want to really bow to you both and honor the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you, James. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Thanks. Pleasure being with you, Michelle. Okay. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and give us some stars and a favorable review at iTunes.